The Silly Goose Gang Podcast. Here we are, folks, back in episode 26, Silly Goose Gang Podcast. Joining us tonight, Drew Sullivan, a GB Olympics basketball captain 2012, and Hozier Gracie Brownbelt Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Drew, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, first, first, first off, is you th- you're saying, how do you how do you say it, um, Drew? Do you say Roger or Hodger? It depends who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> Who aren't necessarily uh, who knew who know that I do jujitsu, but aren't less who don't necessarily practice? Uh, I'll say Roger. It just is a uh, it doesn't cause any confusion. Uh, yeah. But I like to see people who train. Uh, they know who I they know who I train with. I will say Roger. Right, okay, just I've heard I've heard different expressions, and I've never actually asked anybody who knows him. Like, well, what, what does he like to be called? Yeah, <laughs> just, I guess I guess Hodger because uh, that's that's that's, that's ha- the the pronunciation of his name. So, yeah. but, I mean, I've heard, I've heard people. I've been around, um, and I've heard him say, and I've heard people say Roger, and he he will answer to it. Like, you know, he's yeah. not he wouldn't won't not answer to that, you know, but. Uh, but your name's your name, isn't it? So your name's your name, man. Definitely, definitely. So, um, yeah. So it's quite an interesting story. You've got, uh, you, like, normally if somebody was an Olympian, you'd be like, that's 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 impressive. Or if somebody was a brown belt under the goat, that'd be quite <laughs> impressive as well. But you're you're both. So it's a, and just from doing a little bit of digging about, um, Drew, it seems that you are one of those. People that I find really annoying that are just good at everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my wife will tell you that I'm not good at pool, so. so. <laughs> um, uh, not in, you know, it's. I just like, like I was with one of my friends today, um, doing a little bit on the mat, and um, I was just saying to him that, like, to be honest with you, the basketball has helped a hell of a lot with jiu-jitsu. Like learning techniques, especially um, and picking them up quite quickly. Um, yeah. So I started playing basketball when I was thirteen, and I can't even tell you how many number, like how many different teams I played for over that time period. And if I remember correctly, m- maybe one team in all that time gave gave a playbook. <laughs> so right. everything had to be because uh, every every coach is paranoid that a player is going to leave their playbook somewhere and the other team would get it and they would know all their play. So uh, there was an expecta- expectation to to, mem- to memorise. Um, and I was just saying to him, like, because he was asking me about, like, if I w- watch an instructional or something, like, you know, can I watch an instructional and does it, like, kind of sink in? And I said to him, well, it, yeah, I mean, regardless of what I'm watching, it will sink in, but it depends... I'm watching something that relates to what I'm doing already, uh, or something that I've got a particular interest in. It sinks in really, really quickly, and it doesn't take me long for watching it. Uh, because I said to him, at the end of the day, when you're thinking about like techniques, transitions, submissions, blah, 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 blah there is pattern, pattern recognition, mm-hmm. um, and that's what that's what basketball players are: pattern recognition, something that you go over and over and over, and then then it's like learning it, like understanding the sequence of it, going from A to B to B to C, or so on and so forth. And then it's the the muscle memorization. So, um, 
so that's a term. I think like I feel like my experience of playing basketball has helped me massively with learning technique. So mm. yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that makes sense. I know just like what you said there. Um, I've never really been one for. I don't really go to seminars, and, and I don't personally watch a lot of instructions because. Mm. Unless, like you're saying, unless you're, you know, doing a block in, in your gym doing armbars and there's a, a, a seminar on armbars. And if you're yeah. doing some other stuff, it just kind of scrambles, and especially when you're still learning. You know, you, you, everything kind of gets confused and you just end up fucking everything up rather than getting good at something. You just fuck everything up. So, oh, um, I mean, I remember we had um, Henzo do a seminar in, in at HQ like a, a number of years ago. And and then I wasn't really supposed to go. It was like early morning, Sunday morning. Um, I had a game the night before, so I was still still playing basketball at the time. And I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go." Got up, drove down, left left Leicester like seven thirty in the morning. Got down to to London for the the seminar at ten o'clock. And he so he starts teaching, and he's like teaching these these, these techniques. And I'm looking around. And I'm just like, "Is this a joke? Like, is he? It feels like he was teaching me." Because everything that he was teaching was something something that I wanted to know anyway. And uh, I was by the next day, next day I was putting it off without with very very little practice because I had such an interest in it, and it just sunk in straight away. Yeah, and yeah. it's like stuff stuff like I've, I've talked about know, maybe four years ago, and it's stuff that I still use from certain yeah. positions today because it just felt like. I mean, obviously, obviously it wasn't a seminar, but it was like like 50, 60 people there. But everything that he was um, teach, everything he taught, hit home with me, personal yeah. personal level. So, um, but then again, you know, I've been to I've been to the seminars and their their stuff has been taught, whether it wasn't the best best delivered best way or wasn't stuff that I was necessarily interested in at that yeah. particular time. Yeah. And I leave and I leave and I'm just like, and, I, and I, if I'm I'm happy that I pick up maybe one or I remember one or two things. So, so. No, did um when you you, you know because you obviously the, the the basketball and the jiu-jitsu overlapped a little bit. Did you uh when you were still playing basketball? Did you were you looking for a, a an underhook or anything when you were playing basketball, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, fucking funny, funny enough, it was um oh, I did did a lot I did a lot of that before I started playing uh, doing jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, quite a physical. I, I play when I played basketball. I was quite a physical player, even though um. I, I say this. I say this. Understanding um, um, is it's, it's relative, but in, in terms of like my height and my weight, I wasn't the biggest person in the bar, on the basketball court, uh, especially considering weight. Um, you know, I was like six, six, seven, six, eight, two hundred and fifteen pounds, which for my my position, uh, my height wasn't. I mean, necessarily the heaviest. I had got, I used to play against guys who were maybe fifteen pounds heavier than me, so I had to use I had to use a little bit of uh, leverage and a little bit of uh, dirtiness to 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 stay alive. It's, uh, so, this is quite no, funny because you, you're the second person. Uh, and when when was Joe Holly Alley? We, we had a guy yeah, of um, a guy. Yeah, he was a, an NFL player. Uh, and he was saying, uh, he was saying this, you know, he's like, well, you know, I was a little bit undersized for playing on the line. You know, I was only like 6'3", 295. And we're like, wait, wait, what? You're fucking giant. You're a giant human being. And you've just said, you know, not that big. No, 215, 6'7". Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a big, that's a big boy. It's funny though when you get involved in sports, because I, I play not any level like, like you did, Drew, but I played American football amateur in Britain. 
yeah. and then got involved with the, the Scottish Claymores NFL Europe. And it was guys who were on like practice squads in, in the NFL got sent across to Europe for a bit of game experience. And it was yeah. that thing, a lot of them were maybe undersized or just needed an extra couple of years of seasoning. And it's funny to hear guys like yourself that are obviously supreme athletes because you wouldn't have been at the level you were talking about how you know, you're undersized, you weren't quite big enough. Fit. Whereas yeah. us normal humans, you're like, damn, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's... you know, look at like um, the the Olympic team. I mean, I think there's uh, there's probably there's pictures online where we're all lined up with, uh, do, at the national anthem, and I'm like kind of like average height on a team, you know. So... <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> six, six, seven, six, eight. Like, yeah, 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 not that big. <laughs> It's funny. I was, was we were um sorry. I was going to say we we were. I went to to Naga last year in Amsterdam uh, to yeah. compete, and some of like the Eastern European guys, uh, like super heavy or ultra heavyweights, even are absolutely enormous. Like guys yeah, yeah. that are you know six 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 seven and one hundred and forty kilos. You know, holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Absolutely huge men. Um, yeah, I suppose size. Size it makes me feel tiny. I'm, I'm you know, I'm six six foot and a hundred kilos, and I'm like a tiny little person. That's <laughs> <laughs> weird. Eh? A, qu- a question I had for you, Drew, just while we're talking about height, because obviously Hozier's, you know, quite tall. He must be what six four, six five, maybe even yeah. a shade taller. Was that an attraction? D- did that attract you as when you started jujitsu that someone might be able to take yeah. advantage of your height, or was it just the fact is is Hozier Gracie or? Yeah, when I started, um, so when I, when I first started, I trained up in in uh, Newcastle under under uh, Dave Speedy Elliott, um, and um, when I when I started training with him, he he actually suggested he was like, you know, watch watch this guy because he's tall. Um, you know, obviously he he knew he knew uh, knew Roger knew of Roger through um, his instructor uh, Mark Walder. Uh, who knows Nusha Gomez very well? So you know, especially at that time, the, the jiu-jitsu community was even smaller than what it was what it is now. Um, so everyone kind of really, really knew each other. So he was like, you know, watch this guy. So I started to watch watch quite a bit of like Roger, uh, Roger's um, fights and and so on. Um, and then when I moved down to London, um, I was living in Stratford, and there was a few clubs. That were close to close to where I was, so Stratford. I was living in East London, um, but uh, Rogers was over in West London, um, near Labrook uh, Road, uh, Labrook Grove. Mm. So it was uh, the the thought process was where I can this have gone to these clubs, this numerous amount of clubs that were close by me would be a lot more convenient. Uh, I could have easily gone, but I was like, I want to go over there, even though I wasn't expecting to. Ha- be able to train with him or train under him, uh, um, you know, him teaching, uh, the possibility to maybe at one day prick his brains, you know, and I went over. Uh, and then there was a few, the nice thing is there was a few other guys who were bigger, big guys there. Now, not that's not to say that the other places wouldn't have had them, but, you know, it was it was nice to go over there and train with like these bigger guys. And um, there's a, a friend of mine, named Matt Feely. He's a, he's a, I, I don't know, not about a bouncer or whatever for the UFC when they were over here in Europe, and he's about six four as well. So, um, and when when he's there, we train together all the time. He actually beats me up, but he teaches me a lot as well. You know, he, he yeah. gives me a lot of advice. He's in, and it's nice to be able to pick people's brains who are obviously better than you, but who 
who are tall as well. I mean, I've been lucky enough to to spend spend some time around Roger, when, um, whether it be when he was in Malaga or he's been up to 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 my school on a number of occasions. Be up to he's you know he's come and spent some time with his family up uh, up uh, with me and my house and my with my family, and we've been able to sit down and talk jujitsu and. Um, and he will say, you know, I'll ask him a question, and he will say this, that, and the other, and or and then he was like, oh, I'll show you tomorrow. And he shows me, and there's I, there's no, and I have to do, I don't have to change anything. Whereas if you have a, a instructor who, for me anyway, who's five foot eight, and they're showing me something, and even though they're showing me it perfectly correct, there's a huge amount of adaptation that I'm gonna have to do, yeah, yeah. To change it to fit what I'm doing, what my, for my size. Yeah. Uh, so so. It's always nice, like when uh, when you know, Roger walks onto the mat and he's like teaching, and it's like, oh, yeah, I don't have to change anything. I just do exactly almost exactly the way he does it, and I'll be okay. Would that so, would that be would that be for you, Drew? Would that be so if you were playing guard? Would that be kind of angles to make hips to you know if you're if you're looking for things from guard or something like that? Because you know, with your length, yeah. was that is that what it is? Like a lot of I think, especially, if, um, I think one of the biggest things. The biggest, well, I mean, there's huge amounts. I mean, I had, I've had a, a few opportunities to, to train with Roger, like one on ones, and one of the biggest things that he's uh, said, he's gave me advice was working on Madela Hiva, because that's probably my, my favorite guard of my guard of choice. Um, and um, what was happening is I was going to Dela Hiva, but there was a lot, there was still a lot of space because of my shin, my shin bone so long. <laughs> So um, he was. Uh, he offered. He, he said to me about changing the angle of uh, when I when I placed the Delahiva hook in. And since since um, since he told me that, it was like it's one of those things. Like once you see it, you can't unsee it. Like right yeah. now, but it just like a, it. a light bulb going off. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I literally cannot do it any other way now. Yeah. And the the difference in how tight it is, but but. You know, obviously we're talking like from a technical standpoint, but the the way that he showed me, it gives me a lot of pushing and pushing and putting power because of the way, uh, just because of the angle. Whereas, how can I put it? Most people like their their, their shin is almost like in a straight line um, mm-hmm. on the heaver hook. I kind of like drop my knee to the ground and I'm putting my my foot into the groin, going up right. and like diagonal. Um, like a diagonal, I, I don't know how to explain it, right? but it's, it's a, it, but my foot, my, my lace is really, really fit right into the person's groin. So when they try and push forward, I'm able to push them away. And as I straighten my leg, it helps to turn their bodies. So just yeah. that, like, absolutely game changing for me, you know, especially for someone who wants to play that a Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's uh, that would suit Ali. Ali's quite long and lanky. Um, <laughs> he's polar opposite to me um but yeah so you know just just kind of going back to the beginning uh drew so you you started playing basketball at what did you say 12 12 years old i think you did a little bit of track and field as well is that right well 13 years old um when i, when I got into basketball um uh, you know absolutely changed my life um uh i wanted to, i wanted to represent great britain at the olympics to do, doing track I don't know if that would have happened because, uh, uh, like, Linford Christie and John Regis was like my like my quote unquote idols at the time. Those are the people that I looked up to, and I was like, I want to, I want to represent, uh, I want to represent Great Britain at the Olympics like they did. 
Um, unfortunately, I had like a, a pretty serious injury when I was uh, first 13. I tore my hamstring and dislocated my hip at, um, doing, a, doing a meet. And, and, I, and like when I, when I go to speak to people, like kids and stuff like that, I tell them about it and, then, and everyone goes, ooh. And I said, so that's the best thing that ever happened to me. Because it brought me down, it brought me down this this road, this life that I had now. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that if it didn't happen, like would uh would my life have been any less enjoyable or whatever? But I know what I have and who I have around me now. Yeah, yeah. You know, what I mean, I wouldn't change that for the world. So everything um, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What 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 kind of uh, times were you running? Because it was a hundred and two hundred you were doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was probably like just a little bit over 10 seconds. Oh, okay. Um, quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like, put in really, really good times for, uh, for my age. Like, I, like, you know, I was like getting quite pushed. I was being pushed to, 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 to become more serious. Yeah. Because, uh, um, I lived in, at the time I lived in Tottenham. So there was, um, was it Lee Valley? There's, there was two really big, um, like national sports centers, Lee Valley, where a lot of uh, the Olympi- Olympians would train. And then there was another one, I can't remember the other place, but they were both like on my doorstep, like a bus ride, 10 minute bus ride away from me, yeah. away from where I lived with my mom. So it would have been easy to get to them. And it was kind of like pushing you, you should go there, you should, be, you should be there training and stuff like that. And it was something that really, really crossed my mind because I did want to, I did. Like, like to think that you know the possibility of representing Great Britain in the Olympics would have would have been something that uh, was attainable. Yeah, it was uh, quite uh, interestingly, uh, Drew. Our first Olympian we had on uh, was a friend of ours, Ian Mackey. Uh, I don't know if you know the name. Was a, a hundred meter, two hundred meter sprinter, um, and and he was you know his his idol as well was um, Linford Christie. And one okay. of the one of one of the cool stories, you know, he, he met Linford Christie when he was younger, and Linford was was just about getting to the the top of his game and he was his idol and he wanted his picture and all this kind of stuff and eventually Ian beat him I think Ian beat Ian beat Linford was it when he was the Olympic champion Ali? Just after he was Olympic champion just yeah. after Olympic and he's, he's still got it now as he's um, his picture like that's his moment in his career where he's like uh, he, that was his his crown moment was, was beating his yeah. idol Linford Christie yeah. Um, yeah, a bit of experience to me because when I met him, I asked him for his He's like, "Do you have a pen?" I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Before I could get, before I got one, he walked off." So he had a bit of experience to me. Oh, well, well, there you go. Oh, um, well. don't, okay. don't, don't meet your idols, hey, eh? They're, they're, um, like I say to people, like, like, oh, I say, they're they're people like anyone else. You can catch them at the wrong minute, so it's hard. You can't, you can't judge them in that five seconds that you meet someone. Yeah. Can you? Do you um? Did you even though very many times? Did did you when you you know when you were at your you know because I'm assuming you know London 2012 you guys would have got quite a lot of attention. So did you have you know fans asking you for pictures? Was that a thing that happened quite a lot? And did you give everybody a little bit of time? Or yeah, I mean like um, you know the the frustrating thing about like stuff like that is that um you try and give everybody as much time as you as you, as you can mm-hmm. uh, but when you're but when you're in that environment um especially that kind of environment where it's such a pressure cooking pressure cooker you know like we have we, all of us we all have our families there too yeah so it's just like well how much time can i am i able to give you 
and and then which which now am I sacrificing time to be with my family, especially, yeah. especially in the Olympics where like you come out, um, you play a game, everyone's like rushing to jump in the shower and get out just to see their their families, to give them a hug and a kiss, mm. um, you know, before we go back to the Olympic Village or whatever. Yeah. It's like, but then as you're trying to rush out, you've got fans asking for autographs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how many times where someone's asked me for an autograph and I just like scribbled. Yeah. <laughs> I scribbled something that, yeah. that looks like, uh, you know, scribble, 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 number eight. And then I'm on to the next one. Scribble, 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 number eight. And then, you know, just because I'm trying to get to see my, my, the missus and the yeah. kids. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so you know, it's, 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 a t- it's, a t- it's a tough one. And, you know. Like, it's, it's quite funny because on a completely different level, but just doing this podcast. So, I, like, I don't know if Ali has this, but, you know, I'll have maybe depends who it is. Some some friends just texting saying, oh, "How did it go? How was this guy?" Yeah. And then you have to message them back because I don't want to be a dickhead saying, oh, "I can't talk to you just now." And so you message everybody <laughs> back, but then it's ten minutes because you know, you know, how was Drew Sullivan? You know, what did what did he say about the Olympics? What did he say about Jiu-Jitsu and Hodge Gracie? And before you know it, you have spent fifteen minutes talking to. If I spend fifteen minutes talking to ten people. Fucking hell, man! I've done nothing today. Well, then, so, and the, the right, the right thing to do would be like, it's a podcast. We're gonna put it out, and then all of a sudden, it's like, don't be a dick. Yeah, yeah. This is, you know, what I mean, so, I, so, so, you know, I know I can, un- I completely understand, um, you know, doing that, how, how difficult it would be, but, um, but yeah. So, did you have, uh, was that, is that the highlight of the the basketball career? Would be the Olympics. Is that the, yeah. the best thing that happened by a long way? Yeah, by a long way. It's not even close. I mean, you know, I remember in 2006, um, I was, I, I competed at the um, Commonwealth Games in, yeah. uh, in, in Australia. And uh, a, friend of my, a friend of mine, she competed uh, in Commonwealth Games as well, but she also competed in the Olympics. Um, and her, hus- her and her husband owned the Newcastle Eagles basketball team. All right. So, well, when I came back, I was just saying to her, like, how amazing it was and this, that, and the other. She was just like, wait, you got to the Olympics. And I was just like, bullshit. Like, it can't be that much more. Like, this was huge. You know, you finish in the game, you got 50 people, 60 people trying to just get interviews uh, in, in, uh, in, like, the press room. And um, the games were, like, packed and stuff like that. It was like, everything was done first class. And she, uh, and she just said, and she like she just blew me off when I said how much how good it was to wait on the Olympics, like just so nonchalantly. <laughs> like that can't be, but she was right. She was right. She abs- absolutely dwarfed it. You know, you yeah. just not person. So you talk about like you talk about if we to put it into a way that because like I didn't understand it and I've been in sport. Right, so people who haven't been in sport, they can't, they can't really, really understand it. So the best way I can say is like going to Sunday league, and then going, then going to a Premiership game. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Even about, about like a Champions League final or World Cup final, that's the difference in in in, in like the how how you know the results they're so like worlds apart. So I got um I had um on again on a much lower level than you uh, you drew. I I boxed for Scotland once, and that was like holy shit! I had a Scotland tracksuit and the vest, and it was then it was like sitting there, you know, before you fight, and you're like holy shit, man, this is 
fucking representing Scotland, man. Fuck. And they're, you know, getting piped, getting piped out to the ring, and it was like the nerves was just insane. And that was just in a leisure center in Scotland, <laughs> someplace. Do you know what I mean? And oh, I only got one. So just thinking behind the Olympics is like, fuck, man. There must be so much pressure and so much nerves. And it was, I mean, it was, it, it was, you know, such an experience to go there. I mean, like. Uh, when people ask me about it, I, I actually apologise to them because I was like, I said, I'm, I'm sorry, but I can't. My my vocabulary isn't as vast to be able to put it into words to, to fully give yeah. it the justice it deserves. Um, I think very few people's, you know, uh, vocabulary uh, is are. Um, it's like you kind of get kind of cop out and say the only way that you can understand it is to do it, <laughs> which yeah. is. Which is true, but it is, it is a cop out because yeah. I just cannot put it into words that will make it like for someone to say, "Oh, can I get it?" It's like, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, it's, 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 like, the, it's like the birth of your kids, and I was like, "Well, oh, slow down, slow down, slow down." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you not have a little touch of it though when you were at uh, Villanova? Because obviously the Wildcats is a huge basketball program out in the states. Did you not see a little bit of that kind of? Crazy fan adulation at Villanova. Yeah, you do. Like when we played, especially when we played at uh, the first Union Center where the Sixers play. But yeah. it's times like hundreds still. Even yeah. even with that, like I mean, I I'm never lucky enough to um to make it to like the final four. But okay. Bowls, if you were going to try and make some kind of comparison, that would probably be be something that you maybe can compare 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 it to. But you're talking about one sporting event like the, yeah. you know the Olympics is is hosting X amount of sporting events and each sporting event is like that one event, you know. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. It's um yeah, because you've you've been, you know, in around you've played in a lot of countries, so you've done quite a lot of travelling around the world, man. It's super cool. Yeah. Very, very lucky to do that. So how was um how, how was Russia? Because you played in Russia for a little while. Um, surprisingly, it's one of my favorite places to play. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, when I tell people that they're kind of like, does that look like really? <laughs> like, <laughs> so, um, so normally, normally it goes really. Yeah, it was really good. Did you not experience any racism? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, but that was very late. My question. <laughs> <laughs> that was um. I think there was a uh, maybe one one or two occasions that that um and and I remember one of them I didn't even realize that something was happening. It was like my team, my it was my teammates that kind of uh, made me aware because they stopped me from going out back on the court or stopped myself and like the um the other two black players uh, going on the court. But we didn't had we had no idea what was being said or what was going on or whatever. Um, and it was just a small pocket of like the crowds, like you know, a few kids who, who or a few lads that maybe had um had a little bit too much to drink or maybe a little bit of something else, and they were just being rowdy or whatever and uh, making like remarks. But it wasn't because it was in Russian. I had no idea. So and then they, yeah. they basically they took the they took the kids this, this group of kids out and then the game continued. But. I think that was probably the. I think that was the only one I can remember. Um, you know, uh, which is which is when I tell people that they're they're surprised. Yeah. You know, yeah. very really surprised. Um, yeah, 
So I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because the, the level of competition was very, very high. Yeah. Um, out of all the places that I played, it was they were they were like out, the only place that had a higher level competition was when I played in when I played in um Spain. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's um, yeah. This 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 all sounds really cool. And you're like, yeah, yeah. But I played in Spain. <laughs> Your Russia was quite good. Spain was pretty nice. Yeah, man. It was. Um, and then yeah, so, well, so, as I lived, we lived. Uh, myself and my missus, we lived in uh. Uh, in, in Barcelona, so and like uh, maybe four blocks away from the beach, so so it was wow. it wasn't bad, bad at all. Awesome. Um, and uh, well, you know, it was probably Belgium and Cyprus uh, and Holland. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, Cyprus was alright because it was close to, uh, close to a beach, and it was nice. The weather was there. Belgium Belgium was good in the sense that um, I was playing under my GB coach. And I, was okay. playing, and I was playing with about four guys. There was four of us in the team from the national team. That was right. really cool. We were, we were already friends before, so when we got when we all kind of all kind of got there together, we spent quite a bit of time like our families and stuff. So that was really cool. But we lived in the we lived in a place called Mons, uh, which isn't it was it's not a, it's not a hotbed for anything in, in Belgium. <laughs> so so not even, not even waffles. No, <laughs> so you're kind of like talking. The two biggest places were the bars where we played, and then the shopping center. That was like that was it, really. Uh, but we played some good basketball there, and like you know, we played, we played, um, we uh, we we got to the Euro Cup finals. We um, we lost in the finals, unfortunately, but we had a really really strong team. I enjoyed the the year there. That was my 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 missus. She she was with me then, and our daughter was just born. So uh, there was there was as well as being away from our families, there was quite a bit of adjustment of having a little a little in there as well. So, um, but you know, it's all the experiences you know uh, build you. Yeah, up. man, definitely. It's all uh, cool experiences. Um, so yeah, and then what, what, when would it be about two thousand and fourteen? You got into jiu jitsu. Well, no, no. Uh, officially, I got into jiu-jitsu 2010, I think. 2010. I got into jiu-jitsu earlier, anyway. Um, yeah. I, trained, I trained under the um, Speedy Elliot for for about a year, year and a half. Um, and then the, then we started talking about getting ready for... Oh, no. Oh, it doesn't add up now. <laughs> too many things, mate. You've done too many things. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to do the math now, but like, it must, it must have been, it must have been, or, or, or there or thereabouts. Um, I, was, I, was, I, well, I, st- I started training with Dave, uh, Dave way before 2004, 2014. Um, I trained for him for like a year and a half. Then I was getting ready for, I'm getting ready, for maybe officially getting ready for the Olympics. Um, kind of like the running. Um, stopped training. Took took a, a while off now and I took longer off longer than I expected or what I thought I would um it took quite quite a while but I think at the time I enjoyed at the moment I enjoyed it but I hadn't I, it wasn't that it wasn't the love of fear that I have now with it like yeah. now I can't you know I can't do goal I can't do without jiu-jitsu it's, it's like you know, something that I've invested so much time in, I've got so much, such a big passion for. I don't think that at that, at that time it wasn't, it's not, it wasn't the same. So it was kind of like if me stopping wasn't that big of a deal. 
Uh, especially because I still had like a really, really massive uh, affinity with basketball as well. So, yeah. um, so it wasn't until the 2014, I guess, when I when I moved down to London, and uh, that summer, funny enough, one of my mates he said to me about like, "Oh, do you do you, do you not train anymore?" I was like, "I haven't trained for for years." He's like, "Do you not fancy it?" And I was like, mm. "So I kind of didn't give him an answer. I didn't say yes. Didn't say no." Um, got back to the house and I asked um, the missus, I was like, do it, do it, where's my geese? And she said, she was like, uh, I think they're still in the loft. You know, she's like, why? I was like, oh, you know, uh, Chris is like talking about training. She said, I should have thrown them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, as long as they're still in the house, there's the outside chance, isn't it? So I went up, climbed up in the loft, got my geese, my, uh, Coral, I think they were coral geese, uh, um, and my and my white belt with two 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 stripes on it. Um, and I got it, and um, I said, to "Call call Chris." And I was like, "So what do you want to do?" And he's like, "Oh, do you fancy coming in and doing something kind of like it was a Tuesday or whatever?" I was like, "Yeah." Um, I got there, I started training. I was absolutely gassed. My forearms were burning, but then I started kind of like falling. I started kind of getting that buzz of training again, yeah. uh, and then. Then when I moved down, to, when I was, knew I was going to sign for a team in London, I started looking for clubs straight away. That was the first yeah. thing I did. Um, and then, then uh, when I looked at the map and I was like, right, uh, Rogers is X amount, this far away from Stratford, can it be done? And it was like maybe like an hour on the train. But in London, everything's an hour. So, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, so I used to go and I used to, I used to train. Like it got to the point where, I remember one of my instructors, Bruno, looked at my my attendance card and he was like, "Do you, are you a basketball player that that does jujitsu, or are you a jujitsu player that does basketball?" <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. so, it, so, was it was it because um, I know you know when I when I first kind of stopped boxing and went to jujitsu, it was difficult being good at something to being fucking dreadful at something again. Was that something? Did you did you find that? Um, not 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 in that sense. I like I like uh, Junior. Uh, he's like one of the black belt instructors there, and he and like we were really close. He's become like quite a mentor to me. Um, I remember talking to him, and we were talking about gradings, and I was like, because when I was when I played basketball, I like ripped through like you know I was sixteen playing play, uh, representing England men's, so it was just like I, I progressed really really quickly. So in my mind. It's like you put the work in, you're gonna you're gonna progress really really quickly. So I was saying to him, yeah, you know, you know, if I keep training, like, when do you think I'll basically get my blue belt? And it was just like a naive question from a, from a person who hasn't been in that really in in that jiu-jitsu world. It, I come from a from a different sporting world, and it's uh bas- like basketball, quite like football. Is if you're good enough, or if you're yeah, if you're good enough, then you're old enough, or if you're good enough, you get pushed through or whatever it may be. Um, so he's like. He's like, <laughs> he's like, don't worry about the belt, man. So yeah. I was like, okay. But in the back of my mind, it was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I'm just going to train, 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 train. So I think it was the, the first grade in, it was my first grade in the, the, the summer of uh, 2014, the winner, the winner of 2014, like so many people, uh, like some of my peers and some of the guys who were a, bit, uh, a grade above me, they're like, there's no way that you don't get your blue belt. Because I was like really, really, Doing well, <laughs> like, obviously I did it. I'm absolutely gutted, um, but you know it just pushed on, and it made, I think it made me more hungry than anything yeah. else. 
it was just like one of those things where uh, it taught me a really really important lesson I think you know it's like it's, it's it, it did it, like what what you said is not it's not about the belt you know yeah. belt and I and, and right now, now I'm teaching my students now, and they and they kind of like you can nobody nobody comes out and asks asks, asks the question. Nobody was as, as stupid as what I was. One of my my one of my students was stupid to say, "Where am I going to get graded?" But you can you can hear it in, in their questioning. Yeah. And I, was like, I said I just said, said you know it's not it's not about mm-hmm. it. I was like, "Do you?" I said, "I remember one. I got my brown belt in in um in December. Uh, I went to grade in." And I've had it for like two or three days, and then someone like see one of my friends and it was like, "Now, you, now, now the black belt." I was like, "Let me just get used to the weight." <laughs> just about to carry the weight of this, and now you're talking, you you're talking about. I was like, "Nah, mate, it's, it will, it will come when 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 my instructors think I'm ready." Yeah. So. It's funny because I remember um, when I got to the stage where you know I'd been a white belt for ages, you know, four stripes and the white belt and all this. And then, and then it became like being obsessed with getting a blue belt. You know, I want a blue belt, want a blue belt, want a blue belt. Um, and then once I actually got a blue belt and competed and stuff, then you were like, I don't, I don't, I don't care about belts anymore. I just want yeah. to get better at jiu-jitsu. It's just like as a white belt, I just I wanted to be a blue belt. And then you get your blue belt and you go, it doesn't fucking mean anything, does it? it means nothing. <laughs> I just want to get. And then I just put all that to one side and just kind of went, yeah. okay, how how do I get better at jiu-jitsu? Yeah. Um, I haven't thought about it since, really. Yeah, I think um, like I have, I have a lot of conversations. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, one one of the ones that I was having with, like one of my really really close friends is like, I don't even care about going and sparring anymore. Like I I said that like the only sparring that I'm really really interested in doing is specific sparring. Yeah. Like I don't, don't like when I when I first started. Like don't get me wrong. I, like I I do like going in like maybe once or twice a week and just blowing it out and just spar 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 spar. You need you you do need you need that for like timing and you know so on and so forth. But I was like I really really enjoy specific sparring now. You know mm-hmm. so much more than what I, what I did when I when I was a, even when I was a purple belt. Like you know coming to the end of my purple belt and going into my brown belt. I've, you know, it's specific sparring. That's that's what, that's what I love. You know, I go in, I like we go over technique with like, with uh, like in us, we have us like a small group of guys who train together. Um, uh, we go over something, whatever. We we drill it a few times, and we don't drill the hell out of it because, like, I I I I kind of, I am. I mean, obviously, with Roger being my instructor. Um, a lot of his philosophies have kind of like trickled down to, to into mine, as you would expect. Um, and it's, uh, he says that he's like, you know, he doesn't drill, he doesn't drill, 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 drill. He's like, drill till you understand the 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 mechanic, and then straight to specific sparring. And that's kind of like what I've come to start doing now, and I really, really enjoy it. And I, and I feel as though I've I've seen like a quite a drastic improvement in, in stuff that. Even stuff that I was good at has gotten so much better now that I'm just specific sparring. So yeah, yeah definitely. Um... Our instructor John started doing something similar, hasn't he, Chris? Where we'll do a round where you can the only the only thing you can attack for is maybe an arm bar. Just that's the only way you can win that specific round is you've got to work to the arm bar. So the minute your arm starts getting attacked, you know all you have to worry about defending is that arm bar. And then yeah. vice versa, and it, it, as you say, it tightens up. Or you know, for the next four minutes, all you can do is 
a sub with a choke of some description. So no joint locks, you know, whether it's a rear naked, whether it's a guillotine, whether it's a triangle, you just have to choke your opponent. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what we've been doing a lot of over the last well up until lockdown but we've been doing it for about six eight months or so and you see the the noticeable difference in everyone's game getting better absolutely absolutely i mean like we um so like our comp like our competition classes are pretty much ran like that it's pretty much half specific sparring and then half um half like rounds uh, and mm. and rounds stand up um and it's just like you go in and say right Right, first the first round specific sparring half guard. So then you get half guard on top, half guard on bottom. Next round close guard or back or mount or what have you, and you just you try and cycle through as many positions. And it's um like when you kind of start kind of getting to that level, it's not even about like going over. Like obviously you still want to learn. That's just really important to, to all of us to improve um, and, and like uh, continue like our knowledge base and stuff. But it's like well. You put yourself in those positions where, if I like, especially when I'm in Leicester, like with my guys, if like, if I didn't want anyone to pass my guard, they wouldn't pass my guard. So then now, all of a sudden, mm. it's just like, well, I don't want to be in side control, so I just don't let them pass my guard. Then mm. get really, really poor because when I go down to London and everyone's passing my guard, like, <laughs> like, uh, I haven't got that, I haven't got any repetition of uh going you know someone side control and trying to escape and so on and so forth so it becomes it becomes very very useful in those positions where you're like oh, i suck it well then put yourself you get better at it it is really really easy just this specific sparring like like me personally i i, I, I hope nobody that will compete against what much is this <laughs> um, <laughs> like one of my one of my least favorite positions is being in like half guard on the bottom but mm. What I've done, what I've been doing lately, is just go put myself there and let and 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 kind of go in like 70 percent to see what people do and defend it. And if they pass or whatever, then we go again or whatever. So now I'm starting to learn it, and I've been getting better. So um, and it's also helped me by by being in that position. It's kind of really helped me with my reverse dead either because that's something else that I wasn't very good at either. So yeah, I did um, I did something very similar, Drew, with um, a friend Phil. Uh, shout out to Phil if he's watching. He's in. Uh, he's off doing his training for the military just now. He's. Uh, he used to. He used to leg lock me constantly, and then eventually <laughs> I got to. I'd sit down and offer him, offer him my leg, and go. What is he doing? Like just trying to figure it out piece by piece, and then, yeah, yeah, okay. and then, and then work back and go. Okay, I do this. You can't heel hook me if I do that. You know whatever it would be. Um. So that's you know. It's quite funny when people don't want to put themselves in the positions they're not good in. Whereas, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I would say, you know, exactly what you're saying. No, put yourself exactly in those. But you know, if you if you can't, you know, defend a rear naked choke, you know, you'd say, well, let let, let them start on your back. To figure yeah. out how to you know figure out how to do it. Yeah, um, um, uh, so yeah, does um so yeah, did you compete this year? Is that right? Did you compete this year? Yeah, I competed in Europeans this year. So I was right, okay. brown belt in December, Europeans in January. So uh, <laughs> I was like, you know, go for, like go for it. Like, have, and like I lost my, um, so I lost my second fight, um, and I got I came off the mat. <laughs> like, and I, like Roger, Roger was there, and like one of our other black belts there, mm-hmm. like he's a really great guy, Dave. And I was pissed, and Dave was like, "What are you upset about?" And I was just like, 
Uh, and then, and then, like, well, I, I kind of looked at him and Roger looked at him. And he's like, "Yeah, but I know I don't compete, but you know, what are you upset about?" He's like, "Your first one at brown belt." So, like, Roger, like, so myself and Roger started talking. It was just like, it's a. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't, you, you guys, you guys compete, right? So it's yeah. um, like, it's not even like it's, it's it wasn't even like I was upset necessarily about me losing per se. It was like. Then you have an expectation of your ability, and when um, if I if I if it went if it went the if it went the full like five minutes or whatever, I probably would have been like I'd have been upset about it. I'd have been like, all right, but I kind of got I made a mistake, and then yeah. in 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 trying to correct my mistake, I overcorrected it, and it okay. put me in where I got um I got um um ankle locked or whatever, um, so it was. It was the the mistake and then compounding it, and that's what upset me more than anything else. Yeah, and uh, you know, the nice the good thing is, is like you know, like obviously Roger's been there for so so many times. You can't like you speak to him and he's just like, let me get. He said, "Is it easily fixable?" And that kind of makes you feel a little bit better, you know. So, is that um, does that add any pressure? I know obviously you know you've been on the biggest stage, at, you know, Olympics, but. It, you know, if you're, if because you, you know anybody that knows jiu-jitsu knows, you know, Rod, Roger Gracie is you know, probably the greatest, certainly the greatest in a gi of all time. <laughs> so does that, does that, um, you know, if you're standing there knowing that, you know, Roger Gracie's standing watching you, does that add a little bit of pressure? I, I like he's uh, so I've done the Europeans a few times and he's been there. I've done London Open and he's always been in my corner. Um, like really, really happy about that. He and he and Junyao like virtually been in all those, and um, Bruno. Um, and I, I don't think it does. Like for me, anyway, I feel like it's yeah. more pressure on other person. If I'm honest, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because you know, it's like well, he's getting he's getting this advice from Roger Gracie, yeah. kind of. You know, Roger's yeah. there shouting, do this or do that or whatever. I feel like it puts a lot of pressure on the other person. Okay. Uh, you know, I I I I like I joke around. I say I said like when I first when I won the Europeans as a blue belt, I said uh, that Roger coached me through all my mistakes. <laughs> so, so, yeah. um, but at the end of the day, like to a certain extent, he's obviously there's advice that you're kind of getting from outside of the mats and so on. But it's you on the yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like you know, when I'm coaching like my guys, I can see something that they can't see, but I can't feel what they're feeling at that moment. Or, you know, and, and, and like, you know, we all know that it's those, it's those little inches where I can I move my hips that so a little bit, but why, why, why didn't, why didn't you sweep him? Because I yeah. couldn't move my hips. But your hips were right there. You could have. He's like, but I yeah. couldn't move it at one extra inch just to kind of get the leverage. And those are the things that, um, that you can't, you don't, you don't see when you're on the, on the side coaching. So you yeah. to almost to your own devices or making up your own mind, you're making up your own choices with sound advice from your coaches outside the mat. Uh, yeah. I've never felt, I've never, I mean, like, with that being said, truth be told, I shit myself every time I go to the mat. My students come up to me and they're just like, you know, you look so calm, like when you're kind of there. And I was like, oh, you didn't see me two minutes ago when I was walking to the mat. And I was like, yeah. you know, I'm like trying to be calm, but like, it's the same when I play basketball. Like I, I mean, I played at the Olympics. I played for GB. I played in the Europeans. I played. Uh, I played in, uh, in championship final, like big, 
big championship finals over here you know and in Europe however I, I was nervous before every single game but yeah. I kind of made I always made a, a promise to myself like you can be as nervous as you want but as soon as the ball gets thrown up it's got you got to wash it all away yeah. you know it's the same thing when uh, like I said I can be, be, you're allowed to be as nervous as you like as soon as you put your foot on the mat let it wash away yeah, it's funny, you know, I, I could, you know, again, at a lower level than you do, but every time out, you know, I, you know, boxers call. And so, you know, I box at a decent level, um, not not good enough, no, nowhere near good enough at Olympic level, but every single time you were putting gloves on and walking to the ring, it was like, fuck, 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 yeah. fuck. Then as soon as you got in the ring and the referee announced you, then it was like, all right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. then, you know, when I, there's no you can't go anywhere. So no, 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 you can't. You can't run away. So you know, and I had the same thing. You know, so I, I got to the. I, I lost a Naga final, uh, intermediate um, heavyweight, uh, and I lost a big German guy. And I, I, I couldn't sleep all night. Exactly what you're saying. Going, I fucking should have beat him. Yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. I, I just made a stupid mistake. Uh, you know, I had better jujitsu, but he was a, a big, strong guy. And um, you know, I lost, and it's the same thing. And to be fair, I I I do the same after these. Um, I, I do the same after the podcast. I, I, I all night I'll go. Did I say something stupid? Did I did I, did I sound stupid? Did I, I fucking beating myself off in my head? But I need to learn just to go. As uh, you know, let's go even far for say uh, perfectionists. We worry more about like the losses than we ever yeah. celebrate wins. You yeah, know, yeah. well. Yeah. I can tell you, I can literally tell you, every, like virtually, you, you name a fight that or competition or a basketball game I lost, I could probably tell you every little thing that I did wrong, could have done better. And if you yeah. say something like, but, you know, this game, and I was just like, yeah, I won. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won. Um, the thing, well, it's such a, the thing is, like you say, Andrew, you learn so much though from your losses versus your wins. I think, you know, in life as well, we had, um, Brandon McGaffron on episode 10, he's a 10th planet black belt out in the States. And he was talking about, he thinks that everyone in their life has to go through these four kind of wins and losses. A win where you put everything into it, everything in the build-up, everything into it, and you win. One where you do absolutely nothing, you're out all night boozing, you don't put the preparation in, but you win. And then the flip of that is the one where you put all the preparation in and you still lose. Yeah, and yeah. then the one where you put no preparation in and you lose because of it, and that's where you learn your kind of four lessons, you know, that yeah, particularly yeah. the ones where you put all the effort in and you think you've done all the preparation right and you just run up against someone that's better than you or you make that mistake and it, you're not, you know, the other person exploits it, that, that game of inches. Yeah, you yeah. learn so much from those kind of things, though, versus the I just blew through those guys and, you know, you get a hand raised at the end, it isn't nice, you know, you get the W, whatever, but the learning comes from those tough ones where you think, I, I could have, or I should have won well, that. The, um, the biggest revolution, or, um, for, you know, yeah, revolution, the uh, biggest change in, in my jiu-jitsu was, came after a loss. Uh, we did uh, the, is it the British Open, that's the one in Coventry, British Open, British Nationals. The British, anyway, in in Coventry, the Bradio Bradio Steamer and uh, and Victor Steamer put on, um, and I just got my just got my purple belt, I believe, or I had it for very long, and I went and I and I signed up for a competition. It's super heavy. Um, 
there wasn't anyone in my bracket, so they moved me up for ultra heavy. So happy days. <laughs> so I go there and I'm like competing against these guys who like like really really massive. I think the the, the lightest guy that I competed against was 114 kilos, and I at a time weighed like 94. So uh, so. The first, I think, I've, the first, I think, I had three fights, four fights. The um, one, the first three, then the final comes, and like, the, in in the first three, I didn't pull guard because like I don't want to pull guard with these big guys on top of me or whatever. Um, but just because of the the fights and like them just leaning their sheer weight on me, my body, I could feel myself getting tired. Yeah. So so I decided I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull guard. So I pulled out this guy. I could and like I'm like I said, I'm six foot seven, six foot seven. Yeah, without shoes, I could barely get my my legs around this guy. That's how. <laughs> right. So um, so he passed. He passed my guy. Gets the half guard or, or what have you. And like we're there for like a, a, a long time. He's just dropping his weight. I can't really move, but um, I'm like I'm not necessarily in danger, but I need to get out. Um, mm. uh, in the last in the last. Uh, like 30 seconds like I just kind of like put it on in and he catches me with Kimura and uh, uh, like I tapped like and I didn't realise how much time was left I tapped with like maybe 6 seconds left or something like that uh, so I lost um, you know lost to Kate got silver or whatever um, I was with my friend like my really close friend of mine and we were driving back up to Newcastle and the whole time I was just like effing and blind just, fuck, 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 fuck. I should have done this I should have done that uh, I should have pulled I let him get on top of me. I should just, you know, blah, blah, blah. And literally, the moment I pulled on my driveway, all of that went, and I was like, right, I need to get myself a belt. I need to get myself a belt open guard. And 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 the, the next, like, hour or so, I got on the, uh, on the Facebook forum, and I was like, I need to get me in contact with David Anuma. Um, and got in contact with him, went down, did some privates with him, and... And now, like, I play open guard way more than I play closed guard now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, competition wise, I still, I, I still like closed guard is like, what I go to, but I don't have that worry about people opening my guard like I did before that point. Like, I'm happy if you open my guard, then it's like you're actually kind of going into what I'm really, really, really good at now, you know. So, like you said, uh, it, it was something that at the mo- at that moment in time was like it pissed me off more than anything else. It wasn't like it wasn't devastating or anything like that. It was just annoying. It pissed me off. Yeah. But by it, but in a three hours drive, I kind of got out of my system. And then the moment I got my, the car was on my drive, I had started making a plan on how to improve. Yeah, yeah. So it's, 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 it's all on the way. These things. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's like. To the point where I've got people who like some of my friends who train over in Sunderland are getting in contact with me, asking me to teach them about open guard, open guard stuff, like, whether it be um, the double sleeves, whether it be column sleeve, Delahiba, um, and they're coming to me for advice. And that's uh, yeah. like since then, like, two years ago, I put like a lot, a lot of time into it now. So um, yeah, yeah. So it was it was the best, one of the best things that happened to my jiu-jitsu. So. It's nice. Uh, it's nice to hear somebody who's uh, an athlete who's who's you know been at the top level in, in different sports to uh, saying these things. Uh, it's comforting <laughs> for for us us mortals. So uh, it's quite nice to hear you saying that. Um, it's not it's not just us. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's an interest. It's an interesting old journey with, with jiu jitsu. Um, 
it's a, 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 a um sort of I thought sorry you went you went you went you froze it and I thought you disappeared I, didn't, I was going to say something and you you froze <laughs> um yeah no so as, as you know have you have you got other plans for later on this year to to com- to compete if it's possible um I mean. I don't like. From my understanding, like all the IBJJF stuff is going to be cancelled for the year. I will see if they hold to that. Uh, but I would imagine that still, like some of the, the local competitions will still go on. Um, hopefully, because uh, a lot, probably a lot of them use these competitions to help fund their clubs, uh, or like inject or have like a like a, ca- a cash injection into their clubs. So, if there's a competition that's going on or what have you, um, uh, I definitely, I definitely. Could compete. My plan was to compete like quite regularly this year. Get my brown belt. I want to really, really kind of settle in and compete and compete and compete. Um, obviously, um, you know, Mother Nature had other plans about yeah. that. Um, but but if there's if there's opportunity to compete, I'll, I'll compete. If there's opportunity, even like I think, I think what will what will probably end up being like a lot of a lot of people's competitions uh, outside of like actually competing is visiting gyms that they're friendly with who, yeah. and people that they don't know with they don't, yeah. they don't know with or they don't normally know if depending on obviously how welcoming the, those clubs are with everything that's going on because I know that a lot of people are like uh, they're trying to become they're, they're kind of like put, holding the net around their club so they can train without people coming in from the outside so it just depends on that um, I mean I've got a couple of places where I can go and train outside of like my club, like we're outside of my club or outside of uh, HQ, where I can go and train with people who I wouldn't normally train with, um, yeah. and different bodies that I don't necessarily train with, and they don't know my game and I don't know theirs. So, so that at very very worst, that will be the substitute for for competing. So it's yeah. funny because that's that's why I, I don't really compete at all in jujitsu, just because of course predominantly we're having a family and just can't really always justify the entrance fees. But because I travel work a lot, I've got a couple of gyms down south, eh, one in Swindon, one in Northampton, as we're saying, Ray Paul at BST. Shout out to him and eh, Will Stone at 10th Planet Swindon. Um, so whenever I'm away, I get to train with their guys. And it's almost like competing, because as you say, it's people that I don't know that well at all, don't know their game, they don't know mine. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. To jump in as a, you know, an essentially an open mat situation and just, you know, roll and you tap and you learn. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and 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 it. I think like, I mean, obviously you say as you say that you don't compete, but like, I think by doing that, if you ever decide that right, you know I'm going to sign up for competition, you you, you you you've had that that feel of the nervousness because yeah. walking into a gym that you don't really know people, with, that's you know that's sometimes can be very gut wrenching, you know, or training with someone that you don't know what. Do they do? What do they? You know, are they? Are they? Are they better? At what? I, uh, are they better defending uh, my attacks than you know so on and so forth? So it is the same. It's the same kind of thoughts and feelings that you have when you go to a competition. You know, <laughs> so um, uh, so it's. I think. I think it's a. It's a good tool to to have or to use uh, when when you when you can um, in preparation to competition. So. Yeah, I'm I'm quite lucky, uh, you know, for jujitsu competitions um, and just going to other people's gyms. Uh, Drew, you know, I haven't come from boxing. I was, you know, I was in you know, the Scotland setup for a little while, and 
he used to, you know, go spar everybody, you know, the army teams and all this kind of stuff. So that 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 doesn't bother me in the slightest. Um, with you. So it's quite nice coming from that background, but it's just like, cool, I'm here. Who wants to who wants to roll? Uh, let's, let's fucking do it, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I think it's quite nice when you're quietly confident in your own ability as well. You know, I'm obviously just a blue belt level, but you know, if I go into, I don't feel like there's any blue belt anywhere that's going to embarrass me. See, I'm quite confident in that. You know, you know, purples and browns will fuck me up, but you know, go, as, 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 as a blue belt, you, go, you should feel confident, like in 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 in, in knowing that you put your time in and stuff. Like, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've uh, you know, I go to like various different gyms and whatever, and like like not not the places where I go or like. To do with, like they've got really really high level guys, so you expect it to be tough roles, yeah. be tough training, and you know you're you're. I I go there with the understanding that I I'm still going to open my game up. I still because I want to be able to still work on what what I'm working on, but then also you're going to give me so much more so much more feedback than maybe some of the other guys that I train with, like. If I, if I start opening my game a little bit with like some of my guys, unless I was the guys I teach or the guys I teach up in, in Newcastle, sometimes they kind of get like nervous because they're like, oh, he's trying to trap me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. And, and, and I had the same feeling when I'm trying, when I'm trying, when I'm trying with some of the, like, the black belts, so it's like, they're trying to trap me. They're trying to trap me. So, you, so all of a sudden you don't, you, you, you can't be, kind of become paralyzed and you don't go yeah. for what you, what you would normally. Um, um, so it's nice to go to other places when they, like I said, they don't know your game. So it's like you you do something and they just they they're like oh they go for it and then whether it be a trap or not, you know. So yeah, definitely. So um, yeah, one thing one thing uh, you know interesting to just get your opinion on uh, before we before we wrap up, Dries. How how important do you think? You know, obviously I I know the answer to it already, but how important do you you know think that in the current situation, you know, with race relations. Is you know jujitsu, you know these sports where everybody gets on the mat and we all slap hands and cuddle. Um, you know how important do you, how, how important do you how do you believe that is you know for for relations? So I put it this way, right? Like um, I'm sure, like for for the question, I'm sure, I, I'm not so I won't be surprised if you see if you've seen the the post like the the nice post that so many people have put up and it's like. Less, why can't the world be more like gyms where you know this, that, and the other? And I, I don't believe that's, I don't believe that to be true, you know, okay. Because, look, at the end of the day, if we're, if, if we're in a gym, right? Let's say, for instance, I'll just use us as an example. Obviously, I'm not, there's no accusations or no assumptions or whatever, but we, we I'm, I'm there, I'm a brown belt, right? You come in after me. You've been there for a year or so, a uh, year or two, you get your blue belt, right? You're not going to really kick off with me because of my color if you be a blue belt and me be a brown belt because y'all kick your ass and I could really, really hurt you. <laughs> people don't really say what they want because they're like, they're more worried about, well, I don't want to get hurt by someone. Whether it be me or someone who's friends with, a friend, a friend, of, a friend of mine who, who you might say something to some behind my back uh, they hear they don't say anything or they make a bigger deal of it but they just beat the shit out of you you know every time they spar or whatever so I don't believe that like I don't th- there is no there's no there is no utopian uh, place on earth where 
it escapes what's going on in in in, in real life. Yeah. Mm. Now, it people are people will be more respectful. Yeah, people will be more maybe guarded with um, their personal views or what have you because they're in an environment where where it's multicultural, uh, multi-ethnic, uh, and and their love for the place where they train outweighs them speaking out about their personal views about regarding something. Um, like I don't think I think it'd be naive naive for people to think that like um that because we do jujitsu that there's there isn't there isn't people who who are who have racist views uh political views that are different for us racial views it would be it would be it would be very very naive yeah um I, I i will go as far as saying that there's people that i train with and i and i've seen stuff that they've, they've put up and i'm like hmm, i didn't know that you know Yes, I suppose there's there's arseholes everywhere, isn't there? Unfortunately, <laughs> that's, 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 like, that's, that's, I think that's one thing. Like, I've seen these posts that, that say that, like, about you know, you know, just train jujitsu, you know, the place where like uh, everyone treats everyone the same, or whatever. Well, do do we do, like 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 is it like or or or, or, or is it an environment that is just better? Is 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 just. I, I'll put my views aside for the hour that I have to be around other people or have you. Like, mm. and I could be like, someone might say to me, I'm being very, very cynical or what have you. But I can go, I can show you my Facebook feed of what I'm talking about. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. you turn around and then you then, then I'll let you decide. It's like, well, I train with this person. I used to train with this person. I know where they're trained. I've spoken to them. And, and, and they're the nicest people to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I would have, um, to the point where I would, if, if if someone said to me, uh, ask me about uh, a, a name, I'll say, oh, they're a good guy, and they're my friend. Yeah. Because of my interaction with them. Now, look, I interact with them maybe three or four hours a week. Yeah. These per- these people have their personal views 24-7, you know? Yeah. So it's- I can't expect that... that, that that my interaction with someone is going to have such a profound, uh, profound uh, like change on their lives that when they're when they're away from me for that period of time, that it also yeah. has influence. Like I think that's I think I think. Uh, um, and don't get me wrong, I love jujitsu, and I think that jujitsu has a, can help a lot of people with a lot of different things. Yeah. But if you have a, if, if you know uh, if you're if you have this view. Um, a view like the view like what what we're talking about like uh, racism and, and to be honest with you like and I don't I don't want to be talk about it I don't want to harp on about it I think um, what happens a lot of times there's a very racism and ignorance is so 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 close yeah, 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 yeah. like they can get mistaken for each other so okay. so sometimes is um, so I'm very very wary on calling someone a racist. I like, like yeah. before. I, before I make that distinction, I almost always had like have a. I always ask them, well, "Why? What? Why do you think that?" Some people answer you. Some people don't. And then, like sometimes people people answer you, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, you're 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 racist." Yeah, you're people, racist. <laughs> <laughs> other people answer you, and I'm just like, you know what? You're just misinformed. Yeah. That's not how it really is, or what have yeah. you. And then you have a conversation with them, and they turn around and say, "I really, really thought it was this." And, no, you, no, you, no, it's not. 
and then they're like, and then all of a sudden they're like, I'm really, really sorry. It's like, okay, but you've able to to kind of like, I don't, I don't want to say educate someone because I'm not a teacher, but you kind of like whatever what inf- misinformation that they had. Now you kind of give them. Uh, now you kind of corrected it or what have you. Um, but then, but then there's some people who are just racist, and there's and there's some people who are just uh, just. And, and I, when you say when I say ignorant, I don't mean it in the sense that someone's stupid. I mean yeah. it's just they're misinformed. They don't have yeah. enough information on on because I'm like I I I have some of my students they're uh, Muslim and and I will say something and then I'm like is that all right and like, you know like regards to their, like holidays and stuff like that and I'm like I haven't got that wrong have I and I'll be I'll be first one to say like I'll say to them I'm really really ignorant about. That, yeah. and they'll say, no, no, you got it right, actually, you know, or, or no, no, this is how it is, and then it's like, but, so. I think it's, um, I think what, the, the bit that's scary is when you start to become, you know, you don't want to ask in case somebody says, oh, if you're asking that, you must be racist, because yeah. you don't, you know, that's when it becomes a little bit I scary, think, where, yeah, you know I think I mean? it's one of the things that, uh, I think it's one of the things that us, us as black people, as well, we have to we have to soften it, soften up a little bit with regards to that, because yeah. it can't. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I'll be the first person to say that I will do everything. I got three kids, um, or what have you, and I'll and I'll and I'll fight tooth and nail for 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 their rights, uh, for equality or whatever. But when people always think fight means fist fist to cuffs, mm. it doesn't. It doesn't always mean that, it, it, and it doesn't mean going to war with people. So I think, like, we every if if someone says something or someone's asking a question, it, we should, you know we don't have to we we can entertain the question, we can answer the question. It doesn't mean that the yeah. person be trying to belittle us or trying to make yeah, us. Yeah. It could just very very well mean the person wants to understand. Like I've done, I've had these conversations with my with my friend. I said, well, I want my students who's a Muslim. I want to understand so I can do better. I can be better, you know. So well. yeah, yeah, it's it's um you know it, it's it's um Scotland and England are, are very different countries. You know, obviously there's there's um a lot you know a lot more multiculturalism in in England. It's just a bigger place. Is you know there's just more people. So it's it's interesting to get a perspective from from somebody in England as opposed to because yeah. we I mean. You know, we don't. There's, there's not. You know, a, a friend fellow was talking about his Chinese. Um, you know, he's the nicest guy in the world. Really cool. But yeah, other than that, there's not not a whole. You know, there's not a whole yeah. bunch of other people than, than white Scottish yeah. guys that train with us. So, yeah. I mean, like I, I had a friend of mine. He's um, he's from. I think he's from Vietnam. Originally, uh, from Vietnam, and like they were talking. They were making a point. We made a point, like. When people use the word around him like chinky and stuff like that, they're gonna get him through the chinky and stuff like that. And it's like I said to him, Do you not do you not correct do you not correct them? And he was like, Yeah, but like it's people that I know. And I was like, Yeah, but that's even more the reason why them because you're not you're not being a dick by correcting them. You're actually being a really, really good friend by correcting them. Because mm. imagine imagine if they've if they've been around you and they've said it and in their mind is 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 an okay term to use. Because you've never corrected them, and they say it, say it not necessarily to someone uh, from a Chinese or Asian background or Japanese, whatever. They say it around someone, and then they, they get called out. The person who calls them out might not be as nice as you, you know. Mm-hmm. 
So you can actually maybe save your your friends from some heartache later on. You don't have yeah. to, you know, because it is like when I like um, being here in a in the northeast, like it is it it's not the most multicultural to be honest. Um, and I work at um, uh, like a like a provisional school for young young people. And one of the kids was like, I was driving. They use the word. They were, they were like, "Oh yeah, I've got like the packies." And then, and then I was doing the car, and I just looked up in the in the rearview mirror, and we caught eyes, and he put his head down. So, um, we got out of the car. I said to him, to, to, "Like, can I have a word with you quickly?" Just, and I was like, You're "Not in trouble. I just want to have a quick word with you." So he and he so he apologized to me, and I said to him, "Why are you apologizing to me? You never said anything racist about me." And he was like, yeah, but I said to him, but I said, the but is, if I'm, when I'm not around, what do you say about me? Yeah. I said to him, I'm sure you don't because you're a good kid. But the thing is, is like, it's a cultural thing now I'm talking about. Like you're talking about a good kid using a, using a word that, that really shouldn't be socially acceptable. But he's grown up around people, whether it be parents, whether it be friends, uncles, aunties, blah, 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 that use the word. So, it's like a lot of re-education that you have to do, and you're talking about years and years and years of trying to re-educate something. Um, yeah, it's not it's it's not easy, and it's not a quick fix. So it's yeah. not imagine because as you say, so many people use it, and uh, you know, especially up in Scotland, the central part of Scotland, where me and Chris are, things like that. You know, or when I eat the chicken case or whatever, yeah. and it's you know, I cringe at it. Even saying it there, I felt a bit cringy saying that, but. Yeah. people use it without thinking it's racist because well yeah. no it is that that's what it's called and you're like well actually no it's not and <laughs> i guess you know come and come from a white guy take that as it is but you know you're like trust me that is racist to say that yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're like no it's not really because that's what my grand calls it that's what my dad calls it when and again it's just that, that it's that generational yeah when you, what you find is when you when you say well that's not what it's called and they, a lot of people turn around and say well, when did you become such a justice uh, a justice warrior you know what i mean it's like yeah, yeah. use is like um but it's you know it's a it's, it's, it's a funny one in the sense of um so actually i'll make two i'll make two points um and um Either you're gonna get some some um, some uh, comments that say that was a good point, or you're gonna be like you're gonna get some comments that people people will be like, who the fuck does he think he is? So look, this is how I look at it, right? This, so there's two points that like I, I made to uh, two two different people, and I think it like hit home for them. Um, the, talking about Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. And I said, and I said to him, yes, all lives matter. That is true. Um, and the point that the person was making was, um, well, white people receive get um, uh, receive uh, police brutality the same way black people do. And I said, yes, they do. I said, I've seen videos or what have you. Um, he was like, well, you know, so, so you know it happens to both to everyone. Yes, I do. He's like, but we're not crying about it. Exactly. Why are you not? Why are you not? Why why are you not upset that that police are either beating um, beating up other white people or white people, or in 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 some cases killing white people? Why are you not speaking up about it? But you're upset that we are as a as a culture as a as a minority. So 
you're upset that we are, but you're not. Who who's got it wrong here? You know. Now, if if you're if you if 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 if, if it was happening and the white people were talking speaking up about it or whatever, like it's for oh we shouldn't be doing it. They having like their, their their protests or whatever. Then then it would be it would have been easy to say all lives matter because the black people would be like yes that shit happened to us too. So all lives matter, you know. But it, but it hasn't. So it's like okay, I guess someone's looked at it and said, well, okay, you guys aren't talking about it and it happens to you guys too, but it happens to us. So if you guys aren't going to talk about it, we've got to talk about it for ourselves. Okay, so that's where you kind of kind of come with the Black Lives Matter. The second is like talking about equality um, and how, how upset people are about, you know, other minorities ask for equality. It's almost like they treat equality like a cake, right? So if you if you have a cake and there's this uh, this there's there's a certain amount of go, can go around this amount of equality is for us and this amount of equality is for you, but we like what well, I want more I, I like to have more I like to have more, more for my kids or whatever my, my family member that means I've got to take more cake, right? So that means less cake for you. You can understand why someone might be upset, but equality is very much more like air like oxygen. Yeah, it's there for everyone. The more I take doesn't mean that you're not going to have you, you can't breathe. Yeah. You know, it, there's enough there's enough equality there's enough oxygen for all of us to breathe. So why can't why can't we have some more? And that was the two points that I made to to like I said to these people or whatever. And it's kind of like yeah, when well, you kind of when you put it like that kind of way, yeah, all right. You know, it's like um, there's there's there's, there's I think there's a little bit, and not this is not everybody, so I'm not paying everyone with the same uh, the same brush. But it's just that this 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 view that like, well, you know, let's like let's let's white people can't have what they have and still be happy, and black people can't have a little bit, have more of what what they perceive that they don't have, and everyone and everyone be happy. Like um, you can't. It's not like someone's taking something away from the other, the other, the other group or so on. So, um, and then like, like I said, like looking at looking at equality. There's one. There's one way of looking at it as a cake, or there's one looking at it as oxygen. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know? So. yeah that's uh, yeah. That covers that. I think. Let's not. Let's keep it nice and lighthearted. We don't want it to be too heavy. Yeah, no, no, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't want to go down. Like I didn't want to make this like a political or you know oh. a, a, a race thing. I just you know I just wanted your opinion on on the. But yeah, but you make you make good points. Um, can't argue can't argue with any of what you've just said. So uh, yeah, and it's um, you know you know, and, and I've said this before in this podcast, not about race, but you know, but political things where. You know, certainly in Scotland, I know, and I know what happens in the rest of the country. As people mm. will, you know, uh, you know, if you vote this way, they want to tear you to bits. If you vote this yeah, way, yeah. they want to take. And you go, wait, wait, we have to be able to have the conversation. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah, yeah. Will ever get yeah. fixed, man. Nothing ever gets fixed if you don't have the conversation. Yeah, I, I've, I've said this, um, like when my mum's growing up, or my grandmother and stuff like that. It was like, well, why, why, why? Does this set of people hate this set of people? It's because of the skin color. Okay, my mum grew up. Why does hate this people? This this set of people hate this set of people. It's the skin color. I'm growing up. Why is this people hate hate these people? It's because of skin skin color. When my kids eventually ask me this question, I don't want to let people off the hook by saying 
is your skin color because that's, yeah. that's for me that's letting, that's that's too that's too easy of an answer so when someone when someone makes i've i've had this i've had this incident uh where someone's made a racist remark to me um and i and i was like well could you tell me why you feel that way like really really calm like no i'm not get angry or whatever because it, for two reasons one i can't really wrong no and two it puts the ball in your court to explain your actions now yeah and it's just yeah. like the 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 uh, 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 they can't they can't yeah yeah so you hate me for no real good reason like was, you know um... What was quite funny, uh, Drew, is, is when I worked in, uh, I can't exactly remember where it was, somewhere in Croydon, and I remember, <laughs> distinctly remember, I've never been more confused in my life, was it, it, we were walking away, and this fucking, this black guy walks past, and he called me a white piece of shit, and I went, yeah. that just happened, <laughs> just, and just thinking, what the fuck? I've never even met you before. I live in Scotland. I'm the only yeah. one that know it. And it was the most outrageous thing. And I just went, oh, okay. And it, you know, yeah, it didn't make, like, any, it didn't, you know, didn't make well, any effect to me at all. But, you know, it's just one of those things where you go, holy shit. Yeah, what, what a lot of people don't realise is that, like, like, if, like, let's say, for instance, we were together and, and that happened to you, I'd be like, oi, who are you, who are you talking to? I would say yeah. it to the guy. Um... And it's not because, and and it, it for me, it's not even about the the the, the, the color thing of it. It's just it's just rude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rude. yeah. Like, like who 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 brought you up? You know, yeah. like to to address anyone in you know, let's take the, the color out. It's like to talk to anyone like that. Like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so uh, it was just one. Of, it was just it, a surreal thing. Yeah, it comes it's down to it's whether you judge a character to realise that in that snap second and fairness to you, Chris. But that's that's besides the point. I, I mean, to be fair, he would be right. I am, I am actually a fucking asshole, but he didn't know that. He didn't know that. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it's uh, no, it's, it's funny, you know. It's um, yeah. I mean, look, look. Like you said, like you said it before, right? Uh, Alistair, you said it. Said it very, very well. There's assholes everywhere. Like there's assholes on uh there's 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 white assholes, there's black assholes, there's uh you know uh, so, uh, Muslims who are assholes, there's there's Christians who are assholes, there's Jewish, like there's there's jujitsu people who are assholes. Let's tell it how yeah, it is. Yeah. So to to expect people to to be any different because they do jujitsu or they go to or they go to church on Sunday or you know they do or they they pray or they do this or they they uh, they they start a, 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 a foundation. It, come on, people people are people, and you, all you can ask is for us to to do better. You know, one of the um, one of the one of the best ways of putting this uh, ever. Uh, was a, a friend Johnny who is a strength and conditioning coach, and uh, you know he he had grown up and got you know he was a, a a Catholic in Scotland and you know he had got some hassle of um, you know Protestants, and he, yeah. you know he said to me he said to me one night we were in the pub and he just said yeah it took me a long time to 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 realise that they weren't assholes because they were Protestants they were just assholes who happened to be Protestants. Yes. Exactly. And, then went, uh, and then he and then he was like, "Oh, that's a that's a good way of putting it." Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. I mean? a very very good way of putting it. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. forget yeah. everything else. They're just assholes. Kind of brings me back to the whole the gym thing. It's like because you do jiu-jitsu does
back to the point. I'm probably gonna get some stick from people that I know, but but it's just the truth. Like 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 I can I can go like there's people at my academy where I train, and there's guys that I just I I I naturally rear to, and we get along really well. And there's people that I would I, I wouldn't want to sit down and have a coffee with because yeah, yeah, I just yeah. don't get a good vibe from it. Doesn't and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're an asshole or whatever. But that's just that's just how it is. You don't get along with everybody. You know what I mean? Like uh, that's we're at, we're at each at, at, at the academy choking each other, and at the end we see for my art. It's ridiculous to think that. Oh. It's um, we can save this for the next time we speak to you, yeah. Drew. But this goes this goes into the vibes you get off people and the energy you put out. And yeah, all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Well, listen, we can... listen. I've had I've had a great time, guys. So thank you so much for having me. I'll be more than happy to come back and talk about vibes with you. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, man. We could do that. And if um, you know, if 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 I'm ever down. You know, Leicester way. I'll uh, I'll give you a shout, man. I'll come as come well. train. As well. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, really really good time. In Nottingham, because it's, you know, if I'm around, I'll get down. I'll, I'll come down there. Um, I, I keep telling Raymond that I'm going to come down and train. I haven't had the opportunity yet. So if you let me know when you're down, then I can kill two birds with one stone. So awesome, cool, man. Just before awesome. we head off, Andrew, if people are looking to find out more about you, your academy, where can they look you up on the social media? And we'll add this to the notes as well. Um, so my my Instagram is Drew Sullivan number eight. Um, then you can use that on Twitter as well. Same thing. Um, the academy is RGA uh, Northeast or RGA Leicester and um, and RGA Northeast on on um, Instagram as well. Um, and if my website is drewjitsurga.com. Awesome. We'll get that added into the notes. Episode 26 in the can. Drew Sullivan, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you very much. I've had a great time with you guys. I've, I've really, really enjoyed this. Oh. Cool, Thanks, Drew. Thank you. Cheers, man. Take care. The Silly Goose Gang Podcast. <laughs>